0: Ratchet book club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek, but y'all already knew that. Nine uh, one six six three uh, three one five three seven. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail uh, and you can talk to us on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. So we are on chapter nine of the cartel, and you know I'm 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 enjoying this. I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, even though there is a lot of um, moments of misogyny. Not a lot of moments, but there's been moments that are popping up. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I am ai see beneath your tough facade and I'm going to show you how a real woman should act and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not cool with that. But the book overall is entertaining. It's a good romp. So, let's keep going. Chapter 9. We don't die, bitch. Mecca. When Monroe stepped into the conference room, he was shining like new money. The nervous energy in his stomach quickly subsided as he shook hands with the group of men who had invested in Diamond Realty. His Oleg Cassini designer suit and Steve Madden shoes solidified his position as the new head of his father's company. He walked, talked, and dressed the part, but he was aware of the skepticism and larceny in the hearts of his business peers. His father's business partners were not too keen at the thought of him heading the business. Diamond Realty had been founded from drug money and private investments from the board members. In his seven years of being in business, the commercial and high-end residential real estate company had acquired some of the most sought-after properties in Florida and was worth well over a $100 million in equity alone. The company's worth was growing by the day, and the board members felt that Carter's position should have been given to someone more qualified than his son. Monroe, it's good to have you on board, Harper's spokes greeted as he and Monroe shook hands. It's good to be on board, Harper, Monroe responded. Harper took a seat at the head of the conference table and sat back comfortably in the chair and loosened his necktie a bit. I know that it's going to take some time for you to get used to the way we do things here. Getting into the swing of things is going to take some time. Yeah, you just said that. Getting into the swing of things is going to take some time, but I'm willing to teach you everything I know. A little training from me, and you'll be a pro, Harper stated confidently. He figured that if he played the role of mentor, it'll be easy for him to call the shots from behind the scenes. Monroe walked behind Harper and put his hands on his shoulders as he looked out at the rest of the board members. That won't be necessary, Harper, although it was a gracious offer. The way we do things is about to change, indeed. Monroe patted the back of Harper's chair, signaling him to arise from his seat. He then tightened Harper's necktie and looked him sternly in the eye. I'm the boss, he stressed. The way that we do business will revolutionize so that I am familiar and comfortable with the daily operations and you are all the ones in training. You'll all be the ones adjusting because you'll have to learn the way that I conduct business. Monroe pulled out a chair in the middle of the conference table. Have a seat, Harper. He gave the man time to sit down before he continued. Now I can assure you that it is very similar to the way that my father did things but I will not allow myself to be at a disadvantage in my own company. New leadership brings about new policy. If any of you think that it's time for you to move on to new ventures, I completely understand. I will accommodate you with severance pay, but I can guarantee you that if you stay on board, we'll all see a substantial rise in profits. The way that I'm going to expand Diamond Realty is going to be nothing short of remarkable, and I would love to have each of you on my team. What do you say? Silence filled the room. Monroe wasn't naive and was sure that there were members who doubted him and even some who wanted to get up and leave. But they were cowards and would never speak up. He took their silence for submission and was satisfied with their fear of him. It was the same type of respect that his father had demanded, and the torch had just been passed down. He nodded his head, hung his suit jacket on the back of his chair, and then took his seat. Since there's no objections, let's get down to business. Are you almost done? This is taking all damn day. Mecca looked over at the dark-skinned beauty sitting beside him. Her long legs glistened as she positioned them on his dashboard while painting her toenails. Look, Lena, don't start popping that bullshit. I told you what I was doing today. You the one who thought I was going to fuck a bitch, so you tried to bring your happy ass with me. You know what time of the month it is, so just sit back and chill. Mecca stated with a smirk as he eyed the woman beside him. Lena sucked her teeth and rolled her eyes, but remained quiet. She folded her arms across her chest and, out of habit, began to pout. Mecca shook his head. He reached over to grab her hand. He knew that he was the one who had spoiled her, so he couldn't be too upset with her. He had been in an on-again, off-again relationship with Lena since they were young teenagers. She had witnessed his transformation from a boy to a man and knew of his involvement in his family's business. I'll take you shopping after this, right? Yeah, okay, she replied as she tried to keep the smile from spreading across her face. In truth, he would do anything to keep a smile on her face. Lena was the only woman to capture his heart, and he loved her more than she knew. Mecca drove up the avenue in his Apple Red F-150 pickup with chrome rims. He cruised slowly up the block so his presence could be felt. It was the first of the month, which signified payday for the cartel, and he was riding around like a landlord, collecting his rent. It was the first pickup since his father had died, and so far, two of their many block lieutenants had come short, causing Mecca to have a short fuse. These motherfuckers coming short on my money. It's about to be a problem. Not a dime was missing when Papa was alive. Now these fuck-ass niggas want to step out of line. Mecca maneuvered his way to the two-story colonial-style house on the end of the block. He put his truck in the park and pulled out his cell phone to call his worker inside the trap house. I'm outside. I'm about to send a bitch to the back door. Give my money to her. Lena looked at Mecca like he was crazy and shook her head no. Nigga, you got me fucked up. I ain't going up in there and I don't know who the fuck you calling a bitch. She whispered more to herself than to him. Mecca ignored her and continued to speak into the phone. Is my money right? He paused again to let his worker respond and then hung up. It better be, he stated to himself. He then turned to Lena and said, what The fuck I tell you about talking shit while I'm on the phone? Go get my shit, and don't look in the bag either with your nosy ass. Whatever, Mecca. I'm not new to money. I don't have to take shit from you. Lena hopped out the truck and walked across the lawn. Mecca knew she wasn't lying. She had the type of beauty to make niggers want to wife her. She was sophisticated, and her superior attitude made her appealing to most men. If she wasn't on Mecca's arm, there would be many men willing to extend theirs, and she knew it. She turned many heads as her voluptuous behind shook with each step she took. Out of respect for Mecca, the hustlers on the block didn't try and get at her. But Mecca shook his head and laughed to himself as he watched him drool at the mouth. Thirsty ass niggas, he thought as he watched Lena disappear down the long driveway. They'll never get a taste of that. That's all me. Hey Mecca, a random hood rat called out. She stepped close to his truck while sucking on a red blow pop. In fact, all the groupie broads had come out of hiding as soon as they heard the beat from Mecca's subwoofers turn onto the block. The old saying, out of sight, out of mind, must have been true because as soon as Lena stepped out of sight, the hot girls on the block flocked to him. Mecca looked up and down at the girl. She was attractive in a ghetto kind of way. Her skin-tight booty shorts left nothing to the imagination and her sleeveless tube top hugged her ample breasts. What really got his attention was the way her tongue was pulling on that red sucker. It made his dick jump slightly. He scanned her quickly from top to bottom, was turned off by the rewatched Reebok classics that adorned her feet. Mecca knew his status and would never be caught dead entertaining a chick like this one before him. Every nigga decided day done probably dug this bitch out. He thought in disgust. He even grew irritated that she thought herself worthy of even stepping to him. Come here, he stated as he prepared to put the girl in her place. Her lips spread into a seductive smile as she shade across the street. She stepped close to his window, but Mecca frowned at the fact that her focus seemed to be behind him. He instantly noticed that her eyes seemed to look past him to the pasture window. He could almost smell the three hundred eighty pistol that was creeping up on him. Instinctively, Mecca's sixth sense kicked in, and he pulled his twin desert eagles from underneath the seat. With one gun in each hand, he reached out on both sides of them and fired hollow points. Boom! Boom! Dropping the girl and the gunman at his pasture window instantly. Just then, a shotgun shell crashed through Mecca's rear windshield. Glass flew everywhere as the deafening sound vibrated through the vehicle. Mecca ducked low as he reached for his door handle and scrambled out the truck. What the fuck? He sent hollow points flying across his truck hood in an attempt to keep the shooter on the other side at bay. Mecca stayed low against his car door to avoid the gunfire of his attacker. He could hear people screaming as they ran to get out of the crossfire. He looked underneath the car and put bullets into the legs of the gunman. Ah! Once Mecca saw the gunman go down, he sprang into action and rushed to the other side of the car. Niggas trying to murk me! He yelled furiously as he kicked the shotgun out of the fallen soldier's reach. He aimed the gun at the dude's head. Please, man, please don't kill me. The dude pleaded. Mecca snatched the ski mask off the gunman's face. He had expected to see a dreadhead due to the cartel's ongoing beef with the Haitians. To his surprise, it was one of his very own soldiers lying at his feet. What the fuck? My own camp plotting on me now? Mecca was astounded and didn't know what to think. Don't bitch up now, motherfucker. You had the balls to get at me, Mecca screamed as he pissed with the man. Who sent you, huh? Mecca brought the cold steel across the man's face with brutal force, causing blood to splatter onto his white t-shirt. You trying to kill me? He hit the man once again, baffled that he had to prove that he was the king of Miami's concrete jungle. Lena came running out of the house with a duffel bag full of money in her hands. Mecca, she screamed in fright at the sight before her. Go back in the house, Mecca yelled at her without even looking her way. The man groaned in pain as he bled on the hot pavement. Mecca pressed the gun to the middle of his forehead. Nah, man, nobody sent us, I swear. We're just gonna rob you, my brother and his girlfriend. That's it, man, we just want the money. Please don't kill me. Why the fuck wouldn't he kill you? Let what? What, Nigga? You just admitted to everything. We was just gonna rob you. That ain't nothing. Like, why are you mad? Why are you mad though? We wasn't. We was just gonna rob you, me, my brother, his girlfriend, uh, my cousin. Um, you know, dudes up the street. But it wasn't. Nobody hired us. Don't kill me, cause nobody hired us. We thought this up on ourselves. Wait, was that the wrong thing to say? Oh shit. Niggas really think we slipping out here? Mecca yelled as he stood up and addressed the crowd of hustlers and the courageous spectators. Y'all niggas really think we touchable now, huh? Mecca was like a pit bull as he stood above the dude and looked every hood nigga in his eye while they watched on in horror. We don't die, bitch! Diamonds are forever, motherfuckers! Seething through a clenched jaw, Mecca unloaded the rest of his clip into the man's dome and then hopped in the truck, speeding away recklessly. Mecca steadied his driving and eased off the gas pedal when he saw the Miami police cruisers coming his way. He hit the steering wheel repeatedly as he tried to gain composure of himself. His adrenaline was uncontrollable as he thought about what just occurred. The song many men filled the interior of the truck as his cell phone continued to ring. He looked down at his caller ID and noticed it was Lena. Fuck! he yelled aloud, realizing he had left her there with a duffel bag full of drug money. Hello? he answered. The fuck you mean hello, Mecca? "'You left me here. Why would you just pull off like that?' Lena screamed. Mecca could tell that she was crying, and guilt immediately plagued him. He hadn't even thought to retrieve her from the house when he pulled off. The only thing that was on his mind was fleeing the scene before cops arrived. "'Mecca!' Lena cried. "'Lena, listen to me, all right? Calm down. You know I wouldn't leave you for dead. You couldn't rob me, baby girl. You saw how I left that nigga leaking?' I didn't want you tied up in no murder, so I just pulled off. I'm going to send somebody through to pick you up, a'ight? Mecca, oh my god, the police just pulled up. Please come and get me, Lena whispered, her tears flowing. Lena, I'm going to send somebody through for you. Just sit tight. You didn't see shit, and you don't know shit, understand? Yeah, baby, I understand. Mecca told her, hurry up and put sheet on the phone. When his block lieutenant came on, Mecca instructed him to hide the cash. What you want me to do about old girl? She'd questioned. Just let her stay there for an hour or so. I'll send somebody to pick her and the money up when shit die down. Mr. Diamond, your brother Mecca's here to see you. The receptionist called out over the inner office intercom. Monroe hit the reply button on the intercom and picked up the phone so that the other members of the board couldn't hear both ends of the conversation. Portia, can you tell them that I'm in a meeting right now? I know, sir. I'm sorry for interrupting, but Mecca says it's an emergency. I'll be right out. Monroe turned to his business associates. If you all will excuse me for a couple minutes. I have some business to attend to. Monroe quickly exited the room and his eyes widened in shock when he saw his brother covered in blood. Uh, Portia, can you tell the board of members that this meeting is adjourned and find a time to work with them so we can reschedule? Hold all calls, too, please. Monroe nodded for Mecca to follow him. Fuck happened to you? Money asked as they entered another conference room. I just bodied a nigga in front of Sheed spot. In front of Sheed spot? What are you thinking bro, you're supposed to be handling the street business and you making shit hot on one of our most lucrative blocks? I know bud. At that moment, Money's cell phone rang, interrupting Mecca. He checked his Blackberry and noticed it was Carter. He immediately picked up and put young Carter on speakerphone. What's good fam? Carter greeted. Man, we got problems this way. Money knew that Carter could give them good advice on how to fix Mecca's mess. What up? Carter asked. Mecca caught a body. What? Man, young Carter, it ain't even how money making it sound. I wasn't on no hot shit or nothing. I sent Lena into one of the spots to collect the cash, and these motherfuckers run up with their pistols blazing and shit trying to rob your boy. You had your bitch with you while you were picking up the money? Carter asked. I told your ass about having Lena riding with you during business. Money stated sternly in disbelief. You need to keep her out of harm's way, bro. Today is a perfect example. Look, the police came, so I hopped in the truck and sped off. But everything happened so fast, fam. I left Lena there with the money. You left her there? Money asked. With the money? Yeah, motherfuckers, damn. I left her there with the money. That's your brother, Carter stated in amusement. That's your brother, Money told him. But on a serious note, Mecca, fall back for a couple days, just to let things settle, all right, fam? Yeah, I hear you, Mecca replied hesitantly. He hated taking orders from his older brother and still wasn't used to there being more than Money, Breeze, and himself. But inside, he knew Carter was right. All right, fam, I'll be back in town in a couple days. I'll be in touch, Carter said before hanging up. Mecca pulled his bloody t-shirt over his head and slapped hands with his twin brother. Go sit your ass down somewhere, bro. I'll go pick up the cash and drop Lena off at home. Money headed towards the door. Yo, Money, Mecca shouted. Money stopped and turned around to listen, raising his eyebrows to let his brother know he had his attention. I love her, fam. Make sure she's okay for me, alright? Money nodded and left the room. Money pulled up the sheet spot. She was one of their best workers, so he was positive that his street lieutenant would be able to handle the police. There were no squad cars in sight, but the block was live with residents sitting around discussing the events that had happened that day. Money stepped out of the car and all eyes seemed to be on him. He was slightly irritated at how much attention Mecca had brought to their block, but he understood that Mecca had to react. It was either kill or be killed, and Money knew that Mecca had made the best decision that he could have made under the circumstances. He knocked on the front door, and it opened instantly. Fam, the police were asking everybody questions. I ain't see shit, now, I mean? She would allowed Monroe to enter his living room. You got that? Money asked. She pulled the duffel bag out of his coat closet and tossed it to Money. Opening the bag to make sure it was all there, Money tried inventory to inventory the cash quickly by sight. Come on, fam, don't insult me, Sheed said. You know I'm one hundred. She gave Money a look that spoke volumes. She took the hint and shut up, while Money continued to thumb through the bag. Once he was satisfied, he took out five stacks and set it on Sheed's table. Thanks for keeping things quiet and looking out for Mecca's chick. Where is she? She's in the den she been tripping ever since she saw dude's body on the lawn. She's spazzing, yo. Don't worry about it, Money said as he walked towards She's den. I'll take care of it. He walked into the room and saw Lena sitting on the couch, her face in her hands. You alright? His voice startled her, and she looked up in surprise. Money? Where's Mecca? she asked, tears in her eyes. He just left me here for dead. The least he could do was come back to get me. Come on, Lee. Let's get out of here. Money reached for her arm and pulled her from the couch. Money helped Lena into his 2009 Pearl White Cadillac STS before getting in the car himself and speeding away. Lena was quiet, and it wasn't until they arrived at her luxury Ocean View apartment that she did speak. There was blood everywhere, Lena whispered. You didn't see it, Money. It was horrible. She walked over to her window and looked out onto the ocean below her. How can a city so beautiful harbor so many secrets? Money didn't know how to respond, so he remained quiet. He knew that she would be shook up after witnessing Mecca kill someone. It was natural. You know Mecca would never let anything happen to you, right? Lena laughed lightly and shook her head. I don't even want to think about him right now, she stated, still upset with Mecca for leaving her at the murder scene. Money walked towards her as she continued to stand in front of the window. He stood behind her, wrapping his arms around her waist and whispering in her ear. You know I would never let anything happen to you, Ma. Money's touch sent shivers down her spine, and she closed her eyes and reveled in the moment. I love you, Monroe, she stated, guilt in her voice. <laughs> okay! Lena had never meant to fall for both brothers, but over the years as she dated Mecca, she began to see that Monroe possessed everything he was lacking. Mecca had cheated on her, whereas Monroe was faithful, even though she wasn't rightfully his. Mecca had a temper, whereas Monroe was calm and always in control. Mecca loved the limelight, whereas Monroe played the back. Mecca was a hothead spur of the moment type man, whereas Monroe was calculating and strategic. Goofus doesn't play with the other kids. Galleon plays with everybody. Goofus shoves his way to the front of the line for the slide. Galleon takes his turn and respects other people's decisions. Goofus shot a man. Galleon lays low and builds up his business. They were completely opposite, but Lena loved them both. But money was the one she wanted to be with. Lena turned around to face money. When are you going to tell Mecca about us? Motherfucker, when are you going to tell Mecca about us? Like, I'm not getting, I'm not telling my brother that I was cheating on. Man, no. 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 I need plausible deniability. Just in case he finds out from you or somebody else. That way I could be like, I didn't even know that that was Lena who was sucking my dick. Because I thought she had a twin sister. See, cause we were twins. And so I thought that she might be a twin or a triplet. That would be dope, right? Triplets? Yeah, bring it in. You ain't dapping me up. But um yeah, I thought she was a twin. Like like Lena and uh, I, I she I, I'd always called her Liana. See, I didn't even know. My bad. Why you mad? I mean, we brothers. Let's just let's let's just go to Dave and Busters. Let's let's just do, pop a shot until it, whoever wins gets the girl. I can't keep doing this, money. The more I'm around Mecca, the more I see that he's not the man for me. He isn't even ready to stop fucking around on me. I want to be with you. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, we shouldn't have to sneak around like this. "'Messing around with both of you has me feeling cheap and dirty. "'I'm not one of these little groupy chicks out here, money. "'I feel like you want to stay like this forever. "'What? You don't love me? You don't want to be with me? "'Is this thing we're doing just a game to you?' "'You know I care for you, Lee.' "'But you don't love me,' she questioned with a slight attitude, "'nodding her head up and down as if she was starting to see things clearly. "'Yes, I love you, but he's my brother.' "'He loves you, too. You don't see it, but I hear the way he talks about you, Lena. "'He may not be ready to commit to you, but he loves you. "'No matter how much I try to justify this, he met you first, "'and I'm fucking you behind his back. You don't belong to me,' Monroe shouted vehemently "'as he stood and began to pace the room back and forth. "'His words brought tears to Lena's eyes. "'Oh, so is that all I am to you? A good fuck?' A piece of property? Just let you know, Money, I don't belong to anybody. I'm a grown ass woman that deserves to be happy, and I'm not happy with Mecca. She shook her head at him in disgust. I can't fucking believe you. Is that really all I am to you? Another bitch, you fucking? No, Money yelled in frustration. He caught the volume of his voice and toned it down before he continued. I love you, Lena. Don't act like you don't know, Ma," he said as he wiped a tear from her face. His lips touched hers gently, and the soft texture of her full mouth instantly aroused him. Monroe's hands moved with the experience of a Casanova as he slid her shirt smoothly over her head, revealing a purple satin bra. His kisses went from her lips to her neck. He traced her collarbone with his tongue and moved south until his mouth met her large brown nipples. They were sensitive to the warm sensation of his tongue, and the more he licked and tugged at them with his lips, the harder they became. Mm. She moaned as she inhaled deeply. Her fingers began to unbutton Money's designer's shirt, and she ran her hand across his broad, well-defined chest. Money paid attention to every single erotic spot on her body. He was in no rush to get between her legs. He knew the foreplay was the key to a woman's sexuality. And the more he explored Lena's body, the wetter she became. No spot on her body went untouched. He caressed, and his mouth became intimate with some of her most delicate places. He picked her up, scooping her into his arms and carried her into the lavish bathroom. He sat her down on the edge of the large jacuzzi-style bathtub while she sat in his lap. Their lips seemed to be glued together as money reached for the brass knobs to turn on the water. He finished undressing Lena and then placed her inside the water. She looked up at him seductively as she watched him remove the rest of his clothes. His dick grew another two inches when he saw her fingers slip into her womanhood as her thumb massaged her clitoris. Joining her in the steaming water, he took her foot into his hands and rubbed them softly. A low moan escaped her lips as he kneaded her calf tenderly. Money kissed the bottom of her foot and then sucked on her big toe. The sensation that shot up her back caused her to come instantly. A sexy smirk crossed Monroe's face when he felt her body shudder. His hands moved up her leg, and he parted her thighs as he slid in between them, Lena reaching down and massaging his length. He stood from the water, bubbles now dripping from his six-pack. His eight inches were average, but the thickness of it was astounding. Lena's eyes beamed in anticipation because she knew that he would stretch her pussy walls to her limit, as he had done so many times before. Precum began to ooze out the tip, and it looked too tempting not to taste, so she got on her knees and took him into her mouth. Monroe's jaw hit his chest as she looked down at the beauty beneath him, one of her hands wrapped around his pole, masturbating his length as she sucked it, the other hand tickling his balls. A grunt fell from his lips as he grabbed the top of Lena's head, tussling his fingers through her hair as he grinded slowly. He could feel his nut building, and he had to force himself to ease out of her mouth. Her head game was superb, but her pussy was even better. It was wet and warm and tight. He pulled her to her feet and without words turned her around to bend her over. With the flexibility of a dancer, she bent over and clapped her ass cheeks together. Monroe slapped her big, dark behind and ran his dick up and down her dripping wet slit. Damn, he thought to himself as he looked at the juices dripping down Lena's thigh. Money inserted himself slowly and immediately went to work on her, his rhythm slow and his thrust powerful, his light-skinned, muscular ass cheeks flexing as he moved in and out of her. Lena enjoyed the view as she admired his toned back and behind in the mirror to show his reflection. The sight of him moving in and out of her, mixed with the fact that he had reached around and was now fingering her clit, caused her body to shake. She bucked her ass wildly. Every time she backed it up, their skin slapped together loudly. He was hitting it so good. (laughs) He was hitting it so good and making her so wet that her pussy began to fart. Slap, 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 fart. Slap, 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 fart. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm childish when it comes to the word fart. I mean, you can also say queef, I guess. It's just the air that's getting in there. It's nothing bad. It's literally nothing bad at all. It's just he's pulling back too far and letting too much air get inside. But, yeah. The music that their bodies were making could be heard throughout her apartment. Money, she whined as she played with her own nipples. I'm coming. Tell me you love me, he whispered in her ears. He went into her as deep as he could go. Once he was all the way inside of her, he pulled her hips down quickly with force over and over again. Ah, I love you, Daddy, she screamed. Whose pussy is this? This my pussy? He asked as he hit her with long, slow strokes, kissing the back of her neck each time he stroked her deep. "'Yes, baby, it's yours,' she whispered as tears clouded her vision. "'I'm coming.' She popped her pussy back so good the Money came with her, while he was deep inside her warmth, and they both collapsed back into the warm water in satisfaction. They each washed and them rinsed themselves quickly. They stepped out and Money wrapped a towel around his waist before wrapping her in a large red towel. He pulled her close and kissed her lips. "'Never, ever doubt my love for you, understand?' He said seriously as he stared Lena in the eyes. Lena nodded her head. Promise me that you'll tell Mecca soon. I can't continue to share myself with both of you. I love you too much. I only want to be yours. She reached up and took his face in her hands and kissed him lightly on the lips. Promise me, she repeated. Money sighed deeply. The last thing that he wanted to do was hurt his brother but he couldn't share Lena with Mecca for too much longer. Every time Lena and Mecca were together, it ate him up inside. He knew that he couldn't put off the inevitable any longer. I promise, he replied as he pulled her close and kissed her forehead. I promise. Whose pussy is this? This my pussy? Yes, baby, it's yours and your brother's. Because I'm fucking both of you. And he actually met me first. So technically it's his. And you're just borrowing it. Welcome to Blockbuster I suppose. You're renting this right now. Like you're you're just in this. And I love you. But I love him. And this is all interesting. And also. Keeping with the goofus and gallant style that they said earlier. Mecca was a rushed foreplay artist. Doing only enough to get the girl wet. Money was like Joe. Show him to the subway, he'll go down. He did all the things Mecca wouldn't do. Hmm. Chapter 10. Real bitches do real shit. Mia Moore. Mia Moore, Aries, and Robin sat at Applebee's dining and having drinks. They were there to discuss their new hit. Mia Moore couldn't stop thinking about Carter. Their sexual episode lingered in her mind for days and every time she thought about it, her clitoris tingled. It was hands down the best sex she had ever experienced, and he had her mind blown. Her profession didn't allow her to fall for men, but the way Carter handled her and made love to her had her thinking about him in a different light than other men. As she sat across from her girls, she thought, I can't wait to see him again. It's something different about him, but I can't put my finger on it. So how much is this nigga trying to pay? Robin asked Mia Moore as she took a sip of her Long Island iced tea. The job pays the usual 80 stacks. That's 20. Mia Moore stopped mid-sentence and remembered that the caper wasn't going to be split four ways anymore. A brief moment of silence arose as the girls realized this was their first hit since Denise's death. Mia Moore, wanting to be strong for her crew, continued. "'Remember Black from South Beach?' she asked in a low voice as she clasped her hands and leaned into the table to be more discreet. "'Yeah, I remember him. He had us take care of that snitching-ass nigga a couple years back, right?' Robin responded. "'Yeah, that's him. He wants us to take care of a nigga named Fabian. "'Black has a younger brother doing life in the pen for drug trafficking. "'From what he told me, his brother weighs like a buck-twenty soaking wet.' The story is that Fabian was violating Black's little brother in jail, doing him real dirty, you know, raping him and shit. Fabian got released from the joint about six months ago and supposed to be moving major weight around his area. Black wants to get at his ass, but there's a catch. Mia Moore quickly glanced around to make sure no one was in her mouth. What's that? Robin asked. He wants to cut off the nigger's dick before we kill him. Moore released a small smirk. Ares and Robin burst in laughter simultaneously. They knew and Moore had to be playing. The request was too outlandish to be taken seriously. Get the fuck out of here, bitch, Ares said in between her laughter. But when she saw the Moore's smirk had faded away, she knew that she was dead serious. Robin began to shake her head, not believing what was being asked of them. You have to be fucking kidding me. I know this shit sounds crazy, but the nigga we were supposed to hit was raping Black's brother in the joint. He wants him to feel violated the same way his brother did. He's offering us an extra 20 stacks if we do it his way. 20000 Aries and Robin asked at the same time. $20,000. Mia Moore nodded her head. Ooh, Big Daddy, you working with an anaconda, Robin lied as she stroked Fabian's dick with her hand. As she prolonged her extended hand job on Fabian, she thought, Where the fuck are these bitches at? This dirty dick nigger gonna want me to put my mouth on him in a minute. Robin had been getting in good with him for the past week and finally convinced him to go to a motel room without one of his goons trailing him for security. me with that head game like, ma? Fabian placed his hands behind his head and lay back on the bed. Robin was enraged on the inside. Me and Maury told her that they would enter the room five minutes after they were in. Now 15 minutes had gone by since they had entered the motel room. Where are these bitches at? Fuck! She tried to figure out a way to buy a couple of minutes. Normally, she would do whatever she had to do to get the job done. But in this case, she had to reconsider. The thought of putting a homosexual's pipe in her mouth made her almost gag. Okay, so we homophobic now? That's what we doing? I mean what you can give him a hand job i don't i don't understand why that was even what you know what i don't i don't i don't get it i don't get it a job's a job nigga for eighty thousand dollars you better put your head to the steering wheel and you said he was a dirty dick nigga did you mean that he was fucking folks up the ass is that what you mean so i just thought she wasn't that he hadn't showered but if that's what you mean then okay this just took a whole nother turn you know what She stood up and improvised to stall time. I'm a dance for you, daddy. Just sit back and watch, she said as she began to do the belly roll and move her midsection in circles. She raised her skirt and exposed her neatly trimmed vagina. She put her finger in her mouth and then began to rub her clitoris slow and hard. Fabian was going crazy thinking about going inside her pretty pink love box. He smiled while stroking his hard dick. He was so hard, veins were sticking out of his dick as the tip of his joint pulsated. It wasn't Robin's intention to get aroused, but the width of Fabian's big black rod made her dripping wet. If the nigger wasn't a homo, I might have gave his fruity ass some. That's what's wrong with these bitch ass niggas now. All the brothers either down low booty chasers or just don't got no act right. She was so wet, she felt her juices drip onto her inner thigh. At that point, Fabian couldn't take it any longer. He lifted her up and swiftly grabbed Robin under her butt cheeks, quickly lifting her so that she was on face level. During his stint in the penitentiary, he had worked out extensively, and his bulky muscular fatigue confirmed that. It was nothing for him to lift Robin's entire body with ease. Oh shit, Robin yelled, caught by the element of surprise. Her legs swung freely as her crotch sat dead in the middle of Fabian's face. Fabian knew all the moves to get Robin a nut. He began to work his tongue like a tornado on Robin's clitoris. She couldn't believe the position she was in and had only read about shit like that in books. This nigga sure can eat a pussy. Robin gripped his bald head and ground her hips against his face. The top of her head kept hitting the ceiling, but she didn't mind. It was well worth it. She kept looking at the door, expecting their girls to bust in at any moment. She had paid for the motel suite earlier that day and gave me and Moore the extra room key. Actually, she was hoping that they didn't come in at that moment because she didn't want Fabian to drop her while she was so high. She tried to get a couple more face thrusts in before it was over. Let me down! Fabian slowly let Robin down and began to take off her clothes. He lay on the bed and sat up on his elbows as he stared at her drenched pussy. Robin knew that she had to think quickly because she wasn't about to give him a shot at her goods. He ain't sticking that motherfucker up in me, that's for damn sure. Turn around on your stomach, she instructed as she sucked her own nipples. What? Fabian asked in confusion. Turn around, nigga. I want to lick your ass, she lied seductively. What? Don't nothing go by my ass, Ma. Come get this dick and stop playing. Robin knew what the deal was. She knew that he liked what she was proposing, him being gay and all. She just had to play it right. It'll feel good, I promise. Fabian lit up inside when Robin first told him to turn around. He just didn't want her to know his little secret. Her request was music to his ears. He hadn't got a rim job since leaving prison. Fabian looked in Robin's eyes and saw that she was serious and quickly flipped his muscular ass around. Just then, Robin saw Mia Moore and Airy slide through the door quietly, both with pistols in their hands. Fabian was so busy smiling and anticipating getting his back slurped, he didn't see them coming. What took y'all bitches so long? Robin shouted as she began to put on her clothes. What? Fabian asked as he turned around, but he didn't see what he was expecting to see. He was staring down the barrel of Mia Moore's 9mm. Before he could even react, Mia Moore went across his nose with her gun, causing it to split and swell up instantly. Tie this motherfucker up, she instructed calmly and reached into her bag to pull out the butcher knife. Fabian instantly began to plead for his life as Ares tied him up to the bedpost. Look, I'll give y'all bitches anything you want, he pleaded as Ares finished tying him up. Ares hit him in the eye with the butt of her pistol. Watch your mouth she said as she watched from grimace and agony. Let's hurry up and get this shit over with, Robin said as she finished putting her clothes back on. Okay, here. Mia Moore handed Robin the butcher knife. Robin shook her head from side to side. I ain't cutting that nigga dick off. Oh shit, oh fuck, please don't cut my joint off. Please, what the fuck did I do to deserve this foul shit? Fabian bucked against his restraints and tears began to form in his eyes. Stop crying like a little bitch, Miamore yelled. Put a sock in that nigga's mouth. Ares grabbed one of his socks off the floor and forced it down his throat. Miamore handed Ares a knife. Ares, you do it. You got Ares fucked up. Me ain't touching he dick, bitch. Ares stepped back from Miamore. Y'all bitches soft, Miamore yelled. I gotta do everything myself. Real bitches do real shit. She grabbed Fabian's dick and gave it one good hack. The knife only went halfway through, so she whacked it again, this time cutting it clean off. Fabian squirmed in pain. His muffled scream like a lion's roar, and his eyes opened in excruciation while his body writhed violently. Me and Moore didn't know if it was more painful for Fabian to feel the knife or to see a soldier lying next to him, totally detached from his body. Blood began to cover the sheets and, Me and Moore hopped off him. I get the 20 stacks for that, straight up, Mia yelled as she grabbed a towel to clean her hands and the knife. Robin turned her head to avoid seeing the bloody scene and yelled, Fuck that, we in that shit. Yeah, we split that, Ares added. You bitch didn't want to help, so why should I split it up, Mia contested. I- Robin paused. The stench in the air almost made her gag. She pulled Mia Moore into the bathroom so she could tell her about herself. Ares followed quickly, not wanting to miss anything, and the three girls huddled in the bathroom like sardines in a can. Yo, why are you bugging Mia? You know the rules. We always split the take evenly. Why do I have to do the dirty work and split it? Straight the fuck up. You two were scared to cut, but now you want to cut. Fuck that. Mia Moore snapped her head to the side. Robin scowled. Mia Moore, what's gotten into you? You tripping. You tripping. You ain't acting the same lately. It's the nigga she giving she pussy to. He got she head fucked up. Look, this ain't the right time to be talking about this, so step the fuck off. Yeah, she right. Let's handle this nigga, and then we'll finish this later. Robin opened the bathroom door and squeezed out. Oh shit, Robin yelled as soon as she saw what happened. What's wrong? Mia Moore shouted as she hurried out the bathroom. Me and Moore looked at the bloody bed and saw that it was empty and the door was wide open. The nigga got away. Fuck. They all rushed to the door and saw the man running butt naked across a parking lot. Ares lifted her gun to shoot at him, but it was too late. He was already out of range. Fuck. Fuck. Me and Moore yelled as she put both of her hands on her head. She knew that they had just fucked up big time and now wasn't nobody getting paid. Easier way to do it would have been to kill the nigga and then cut his dick off. It ain't like the client would have known. Kill the nigga, cut his dick off. Profit. Also, she talking about she did all the hard work so she deserves 20000 Nigga, ain't neither one of you or Aries in there having sex with this dude. Even though I guess there was pleasure involved in that. but So why are you saying you getting all the money because you cut the nigga's dick off? If... Robin had cut it off. Would you be saying that there shouldn't be a split? I don't get that. There's no way all three of y'all could have cut his dick off at the same time. So, yeah, that whole thing about... I just don't get it. I don't know. That whole thing about denigrating him because... um, he was a gay man or bi i don't know he was he was pleasuring her he was he was loving her but the way that the book wrote it was that he was a down low brother now again this is in 2008 and that doesn't matter at all there were bi men in 2008 you called them down low. That's why niggas didn't want to come out the closet because niggas were out there denigrating them for loving men and women. That's why niggas didn't want to make a change. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I hope you are. I hope in the in the future you don't do that no more. Seriously. 916-633-1537 Ratchet and Ratchet gmail.com Ratchet Book Club on Twitter Leave review on Podchaser, iTunes uh, Wherever else you can leave review after podcast Let me know where it is uh, Thank y'all so much for listening Become a patron member at patreon.com slash single simulcast uh, Buymeacoffee.com slash sscast Thank y'all so much Y'all have a good day I'm going to holler at you later Peace